Welcome to the Cosmic Healing Podcast. This is the show for the soul who is excited to welcome in more freedom, abundance, and quantum healing in their life. Hi, I'm Vaughn. My magic is in treating all aspects of this human existence, mind, body, and spirit, because it is all connected. In this podcast, I will be sharing stories of transformation so you can know, witness, and understand what's possible for you too when we play together in the cosmos. Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to the Cosmic Healing Podcast. Oh my goodness, y'all are in for such a treat today. We have Samantha Smith with us, and she is a ceremonial midwife. And this woman, Ah, she's so young and so vibrant and so magical. And I'm trying, we've done several things together. First, I want to start that way because you and I have done a lot of work together. You've been to many of my classes. You just came to the goddess sleepover that we had. And, and so before we dive deep into your work, because I know once we get started on that, we will not (laughs) want to come back to this. So I am just so honored and excited that you are here and for this conversation. And I would love to know like how you and I, how you found me and how we began working together and the impact that it's had Uh, on your life. So hello, Samantha. Welcome, welcome. (laughs) Thank you, Vaughn. I'm so, so, so happy to be here. I feel like I could probably do a whole podcast on how amazing you are Um, (laughs) because I find that we continue to just cross paths at the most beautiful and necessary moments in my journey. Um, And I feel like every time I find myself in a space with you again, it's this, um, this revival of like finding myself in where I am in space on this path. Right. And so it's like these beautiful milestones every time I think about all these moments we've had together. Because when we first when we first crossed paths, it was like very, very, very at the budding beginning of me opening up to um, my purpose and my path in this life. And I think when I really when I really sit with it and I think about it, it's all of those beautiful moments are these really, really significant milestones that each represent this. Um, new space on on the spiral that how of how I envision this journey of this path of this this path that I've decided to embark on and um yeah and and your energy always just draws me back whenever I feel like all right I need to reground and remind myself who I am and what I'm doing and where I'm at in space and maybe it's the cancer energy that we share but like I just feel so held and safe. And as somebody who works in the healing space um, and and is a frequently a space holder for others, I find that it's always challenging to find space holders that are capable and competent at holding space for the space holders. And you just embody that so beautifully and you just you're, you're so expansive that I feel like it doesn't matter how big I get, I, there's always room for me mm-hmm. with you. Um, and so I'm always continuously drawn back to that just massive, enormous love, loving energy that you hold. And it's, it's intoxicating and it's inspiring 
And um, I think we've talked about this before, but one of the things that's been a huge um, part of my journey is seeking out the wise women um, elders in our community, right? The wise women who have walked and paved this path before us and worn the pathways for this next generation of women to walk behind and, and, and continue to pave the way. And in my soul, I've always had a deep grief for the fact that I feel like in our culture, a lot of those, um, those women that would have been our wise elders got lost along the way. And so it's so refreshing to find someone at that next step in life to follow behind and feel inspired by and feel held by and mothered by and nurtured by, um, and the, and, and have reverence for and the respect. And it just, it's, it's, it's the it's a beautiful natural hierarchy that I think that we 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 crave as as women as human beings of like sitting at the feet of the wise women who walked before us and and learning from them and serving them and just soaking in all of the beautiful wisdom of their experiences that they've lived um, to then pass on to our daughters and their daughters um, and that is what I see in you of just this beautiful, divine, um, wise woman who has chosen to do the hard work and heed the call. Um, when a lot of women in your, in your generation haven't. And, um, I just want to give you that praise and like that, that recognition because it, to, to make the choices that you've made, um, in your peer group is, is, is extremely radical and it does. And, and, but we need it. Like, you, you know, I love being young and vibrant, but oftentimes I feel like because there is this felt sense of, um, something missing, um, sometimes you do have to kind of push yourself into that, um, matriarch role when you're still very much in the maiden and you're like, wait, I'm not ready to go there, but there's a void. And so it just feels so good to find someone who fills that void that, that I know a lot of my, my, my fellow sisters in my, in my, in my age group and my generation have expressed that, that grief around. Um, and so I just want to say thank you for mothering so many of us that didn't have that, um, maybe that, that mother that we would have liked to have, um, and choosing to, to show up in this way, it's really, really, it's really, really profoundly important. Um, so thank you. Samantha. Oh, Ooh. girl. Ooh. My heart. Um, there was something that you said that just is what brought the beginning of the emotion for me. Um, First of all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being so wise that you get me, you know, that you can sit in appreciation for me and to be witnessed by you and by so many other young women. It really just blows my mind because I, you know, when I host retreats and events and I have women that are at the ranges of like 22 to 
you know, 72. I'm mm-hmm. like, what? I just, that always fills my soul. And I can look around a space and see those age ranges because that is the, the essence of this life that we are living is coming back to, to that, like you said, the maiden and the, um, the matriarch, right? Mm-hmm. So when you said that about wise elders got lost along the way, it's like we have lost that, that remembrance, that connection of, of that essence of our, of ourselves, that tribal essence of, of the strength of knowing that we can, we can birth a baby, we can have a baby, we can, we can do so much. And it's like somewhere along the way that got taken away from us, but all these other ridiculous pressures got put on us. And like, when the hell did that happen? Like, I mean, do you want to know the do you want to know the actual dates? Because I can tell you. (laughs) Yes, actually, I do. (laughs) So, um, as a midwife, a big part of my um, journey is to learn from the women who kind of um, yeah who came before me, learn from from my from my predecessors, Um, and around World War One. Um, there was a big shift in the culture um, around how women were viewed around specifically in our, how our bodies were, were, were talked about how our bodies were viewed. Um, And so um, there was this big push to medicalize women's bodies right around the end of world war one. And so a lot of the, um, a lot of the male doctors coming back from the war who had been trained in combat were coming back and looking for ways to start their own practices. And so they created this field of modern obstetrics that didn't exist before that. It was really before that it was in antiquity. It was women holding space for women through menarche, through childbirth, through menopause, through the entire childbearing continuum. It was women holding women. And there was the, there was the just felt sense and knowing that all women knew how to attend birth for their sisters, for their mothers, for, or for their, sorry, for their sisters, for their, for their daughters. Um, like women just knew our, we knew we had a, a really innate and deep connection with our bodies, with the wisdom of our bodies, with the cyclical nature of our bodies. And, and we, and that was ours to hold sacred. And during this modern um, medical industrialization movement um, around that time, um, it was taken from us. There were intentional propaganda and smear campaigns about um, the granny midwives, most of whom were women of color, um, saying, oh, you don't want that dirty N-word in your house, near your baby, etc., And so there's a lot of deeply rooted hatred towards women, deep hatred towards, towards, um, especially racism rooted in modern obstetrics. And a lot of people I think don't realize, um, what the, the history of modern obstetrics is and the history of kind of, um, the co-opting of women's bodies and the commodification of women's bodies, um, to become the world we live in today. And it's, it's really heartbreaking when you kind of peek behind the curtain and you see what's behind there. And it's funny because a lot of times the modern rhetoric is, oh, all that new age, home birth, crunchy mom stuff. 
And I'm like, you know, what's really funny is prior to the 1930s, 1940s, everyone was born at home. It was completely normal. It wasn't weird. It wasn't crunchy. It wasn't weird to be in tune with your cycle. It wasn't weird to be aware of your body and to have a deep felt sense of connection and community with your body that then inherently builds community with other women. Um, but that was what it was rooted in. It was rooted in, we don't want these women to be able to talk to each other and to be able to have things to relate to each other. And we don't want a woman going to another woman for, for, for support with things that are going on in her body, because they're going to talk about things. And what if they start conspiring and we, we got to hush those women up. And so there's just so much, yeah, it gets really insidious <laughs> and I could probably do a whole podcast on that alone, um, which my my birth partner Zuri and I we have a podcast that we do called Women Period and we'll probably do an episode on that exact topic the history of obstetrics and all of those things and um get into those details on a, on on an, on an episode we have coming up here soon um but yeah it's 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 really sad when you start to um when you start to learn more about really what it's all based in Wow. That is, I did not realize that timeline. That is absolutely amazing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> during my own healing journey, I actually had to heal a lot of my wounding around my birth story with my own children. Um, I, I wanted very badly to have a, a water birth and, um, we lived at the time in the city of Atlanta. Now I'm out in the burbs, but we were literally two miles away from the norm, number one baby hospital in all of America, Northside Hospital. And so every time I mentioned about wanting to have a, a, a water birth, every single person was like, why would you do that when you have the number one baby hospital in your backyard? And like, just was literally, they were literally shaming me for yeah. wanting. And this was even before, like I delved into, you know, all of the spirituality stuff. And it was just something in me that it was like, I, I really craved and wanted to do that and to be held by another woman that could support me and cheer me. And, and I just, the whole thing, like it makes me emotional thinking about it, remembering it because I was so forced into that when every part of me was like, but no, this is what I want to do. And so I, I didn't realize how much shame I carried around that and how much like regret and frustration and anger that I carried around that until I started, it showed up in several of my breathwork classes, you know, when I was really knee deep in my own stuff, that's something that really came up. And with both my girls, there was just so much resistance where I, I bowed down to what everybody else needed and what was convenient mm -hmm. for them. Like mm -hmm. I have a, just, it really infuriates me. And, um, but I, I worked through a lot because I really was carrying a lot of, of shame and regret in my body, that natural instinct that wanted to do what I, and I didn't allow it to happen. Yes. Thank you for saying that Vaughn. I first want to say I honor and I see you in that. And, and, and I see how, how unfortunately common that is. That story is, um, I hear it a lot of, well, I, I, in my 
something about me knew that I wanted something different, but I just went along with it because it's what everybody told me I was supposed to do. And it's what my mom said I should do. And it's what my husband wanted me to do. And it's what my OB said would be the safest. And, you know, I got to just listen to the experts. Right. And, and yes, but, but, but here's the thing. Nobody's more of an expert on your body and your baby than you are. Nobody has lived in your body more than you have. And nobody has grown this child inside of them of the way that you have. And it comes along with, I mean, I mean, you can probably relate to the fact that like we've been, we've been conditioned into and, and fear mongered into repressing our intuitive gifts in our culture. It's no different. Your, 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 your connection to your baby and your connection to your body is deeply, deeply grounded and rooted into your intuition and your intuitive gifts and your intuitive knowings. And I truly believe that, let me just put it this way. I've never talked to a woman that didn't say, yeah, I knew something would just felt off about it, but you know, it's what everybody else does and it's fine. And, and, and I also want to also just put into the space that there is no shame. Mm-hmm. I, I have mm-hmm. no shame or judgment towards whatever decisions women make in with their body, with the information that they have at the time. The only thing that I ask is that women truly just try to explore whatever's coming up for them. So if there is a part of you that is like, I don't know, this sounds crazy, like, but something about me just feels like my provider isn't the right provider for me, or this, this hospital isn't the right hospital for me, or this way is not the right way for me listen to those whispers yeah. because those whispers are just going to get louder and louder and louder. Yeah. And there is no right or wrong way no. to give birth. There is only a right or wrong way to listen, whether or not you're listening to yourself, right? The yeah. only time you can do it wrong is when you self abandon in the interest of other people. Well, and you said the word fear mongering, like the basis of, and and that's the basis of everyone else that was like saying, don't do that. Like go where you're guaranteed to have a healthy baby. And so but- it was, <laughs> but that's where like the fear and the shame come into play, right? Like yeah. I, I was fed, I fed into the fear. I allowed everyone else. And that's why I felt the shame because yeah. I realized that I was not following my intuition and I yeah. fed into the fear. But I mean, that's okay. Right. Because that's, yeah. I mean, that, but we're creating a new world and that's why conversations like this are so important so that we can like awaken these codes of remembrance within us of that innate natural way yeah. of being. Yeah. And I also just want to say too, that to, to, to explore these, what are now considered these fringy choices, um, you have to fight deep, deep, deep conditioning. And it's not, it's generational conditioning. It's in your face all the time. I mean, look at all of our media. How does our media talk about pregnancy and birth? How does the the TV shows and the movies, like, I mean, I was watching, um, I mean, if you watch Game of Thrones or if you, I was even watching, I think, um, what's that uh, like? Oh my gosh, my brain, my brain is blanking on that. TV show that Shonda Rhimes show on Netflix with like all the Victorian people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. Yeah, that, that one. one. <laughs> yeah, the the gossipy one. Anyway, like the way that they depict childbirth, it's always this traumatic emergency where someone's bleeding and there's a lot of screaming and 
it's just like, it's what's put in our face constantly. It's what our mothers, the stories that our mothers have carried and our grandmothers have carried. Cause now we're talking about three or four generations deep of women being, um, being, um, put, moved through this system and this system and this very intentional systematic conditioning to disempower us. Right. I, yeah. I would encourage women to think about the last time they they talked to their OB. What was the tone of that conversation? Did he talk to you or she talked to you with respect and reverence and talk to you like you're a grown woman? Or did they talk? Did they talk down to you? Did they treat you like a child? Did they say oh, you couldn't possibly know I went to medical school? You should right. you should just take my word. You couldn't possibly know that there's something wrong. I mean, how many stories do you hear of women saying, going to their doctor and knowing there's something wrong and not being heard and not yeah. being and not being um, cared for and just being um, gaslit and ignored? And so, you know, I even if you do feel very much, even if you do feel safest in that environment, find a provider that respects you and respects your body and respects most first and foremost, your autonomy and your, and your, and your choice on what happens to you and, and, and how you're cared for, um, above all else. And that can be whoever you want it to be, but just make sure that that person respects you because at the end of the day, um, there, we're all human beings, you know, and nobody is better than anybody else. No, nobody is like, we're not, we're not God. I think, um, you know, in our culture, one thing that I, I see very clearly is that we've created these deities around medicine. We've created these deities of, of well, doctors are, are deities and um, modern medicine and technology and, and um, uh, pharmaceuticals. And there, I truly believe there is a time and a place for everything. And, and I, I'm so grateful that we live in a time to have access to these life-saving levels of care when necessary. But if anybody knows anything about the current maternal crisis in this country, we would know, you would know that we are of, of the developed world. We have the highest maternal and infant mortality rate in the entire developed world, even less so than some second world countries. And Georgia is one of the worst, especially disproportionately impacting women of color. And so I want just women to think about whenever someone says to you, well, you'd be safer doing X, Y, Z. Is that really true? Is that really true? You know, because you mentioned safety and, and I want every woman to feel safe and held in, in, and feel safe in their body and feel safe with whoever they, they invite to, to care for their body. Um, but, but, but we need to really get honest and be real with like, the, it, the state of, of, of how women are being treated and how our bodies are being treated in this country. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Those are incredible statistics. Wow. Ooh, well, thank you for sharing all of that. Like true. Sorry. We just like went <laughs> to the dark place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So now on to the light. Yeah. So yeah. tell me about you exactly where you went to explore in the Ooh. jungle, right? Like you, yeah. like you felt so I, I, cause we haven't even been able to talk since you no. like really to learn about your experience. So what led you, like what just happened for you? Yeah. 
Well, I think I'll start by saying that this whole journey has been completely spirit led. It's been something that I feel like has just been a constant practice of just surrendering and just being open to whatever the right next step is. I have no idea where this is taking me. And I sometimes I'm not even sure really how I got here Um, because it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I can totally relate Um, to that. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute, I'm doing what? Like, (laughs) um, so like a fun fact about me, I have an engineering degree from Georgia Tech. I worked as an engineer for 10 years um, doing corporate acquisitions um, and mergering and mergers and restructuring, which is not even anywhere close to what I'm doing now. It doesn't make any sense to me when I think about it. Um, but I, through this gradual unraveling of, of my own, um, understanding of my body and what it means to me to be a woman, um, I've slowly stepped into or stepped onto this path, um, that's just been pulling me in. And, um, it started off with just thinking, oh, well, I'm just curious about, um, fertility. And I want to learn more about my cycle and I want to understand what's going on in my own body as a woman. Um, and I want to be able to connect with, um, those parts of myself because like most women, I, I was kind of put into the medical model from a really young age. Um, I started getting pap smears and, um, and been put on birth control since I was 14. Um, and, 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 you know, that was my mom doing what she thought was best for me. And, and I don't, I don't have any type of uh, resentment towards her for that. But knowing what I know now, um, no one, you know, I was put into that, that, that paradigm so early, but no one taught me all the other things like, Hey, this is why your cycle's so cool. And this is how it works. And this is what's happening in your body and all the body literacy and learning about, wow, I, I can really connect to my body and I can listen to the signs of my body and I can live in a cyclical way that makes me feel vibrant and makes me super effective at my, at my work and makes me super effective in my relationships. And it just, once you tune into your cycle, at least for me, my experience was once I tuned into that cycle, it, it, it showed me, wow, life can be so amazing. And all these things that I didn't know, even know I was missing out on. Um, and so like, just, it all started for me with around cycle awareness, because I'd made the decision that I wanted to get off birth control, but I didn't know like even what that meant or like how to do that or anything like that. And so I just went down this rabbit hole of like learning everything I could about my body and um, my cycle. And um, then that slowly got me curious about, okay, well, cycles that relates to fertility, fertility that relates to pregnancy, pregnancy then leads to birth and just kind of following, following the thread um, has led me here to now um, attending birth as a ceremonial midwife. Um, and it's been quite a, a, an interesting and winding journey. I spent some time working in a hospital as a doula. Um, and then from doula, I kind of moved into, um, home birth doula. And then after that, I experienced some pretty insidious, um, birth trauma, uh, from a birth that I uh, had witnessed and I was like, there has to be a better way. This can't be, this can't be all of the options available to the women in this community, in, in this community here locally. Um, and so I started to explore what it would look like after sitting with that mama um, a couple of years ago, I sat with her after her birth and she just said to me, she said, you know, Sam, I wish, I wish it would have just been you there. 
I, I wish I think this would have gone so differently because, you know, I knew how much you loved me and respected me. And I, I really wish it would have just been you. And I really took that to heart. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And, and so that's what prompted me to go to midwifery school and to do my apprenticeship in Ecuador, which you were referencing. Um, so it's kind of been this just follow, like I said, following the red thread, um, if you will, just one step at a time following the red thread. Um, but it did, it did last year. It led me to my apprenticeship in the Amazon rainforest of Ecuador, uh, living with the Quechua people, which are an indigenous group to South America. Um, I lived with them um, over the course of four months and I learned from them and studied from them and, and served at their feet and gardened with them and spent time in the kitchen. Most of our time was spent around the fire making med medicine um, plants with using medicinal plants to make medicine. Everything was plant-based, um, no, no um, pharmaceutical or medical influence, which was really beautiful to just witness like such a raw witness care for women in such a raw way, um, in such a, it's such a, um, grounded way and their cosmovision around, um, around wellness in general, around health does include the energy body. So they do a lot of energy work as part of their midwifery care. Um, and they don't just provide care to women who are in the childbirth phase, you know, it's, it's the whole, it's, it's, it's honestly men too. It's everyone. Like the men come to the birth center to get energy clearings though. It's just, everyone comes there because they're the medicine women. They're the medicine women of their community. Um, and that's truly what I believe it means to be a midwife is to just be that woman who holds the medicine, who holds the wisdom of the medicine to then share with the community and the people who feel drawn to her. Um, and just, yeah, a wisdom keeper, a lighthouse. Um, you know, one of the things that I love so much about the way that they hold space there is that they have such a deep trust in women and then women's bodies to be able to do all the things that they need to do um, throughout their lives. Um, because women are the, it's a matriarchal society. And so the women are the leaders of the culture, uh, in the culture, they, um, they are kind of the heads of the household. They keep the community running. Um, they're the healers. Um, and so it's this beautiful, um, just reverence, respect, and trust for what it means to be a woman. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, it's just, it was such a, it was such a healing experience kind of going back to what I was reflecting to you around the grief that I'm holding around, um, not feeling like there are those wise elders that to, to learn from and seeking them out and just being like, where are they? I just want to learn. Um, and so I had to go all the way to <laughs> South America, but I found them. I found some of them. Um, and it was an incredible, beautiful healing experience. Um, and the charter that they gave me while I was there was to bring this culture and this wisdom back with me to remind the women of the United States that this exists and that they can have access to it too. Um, and to just return to their connection with, with mother nature, with Pachamama and, and, and have that reunion um, with that, that sacred bond that's been lost. Wow. 
What an ex! I can only imagine. I mean, I've I've followed you. I would specific specifically find you in your Insta story, so I could like see what is happening now. Like whenever you would post, I was just I was so excited and even a little bit like I want to go. I want to go do that, you know, because it is that ancient wisdom. I mean, it's like you you were immersed in yeah. that culture and those rememberings of the power of not only the women, but of of working with plant medicine and mm-hmm. and saying goodbye to the pharmaceuticals and mm-hmm. and bringing in true energy healing like you witnessed mm-hmm. it firsthand yeah. daily. I mean, what an pure honor. Magic. Yeah, literally <laughs> pure magic. Yeah, that is what a gift. What a gift. And we are the lucky ones that get to experience you now and and watch you bring this back. And I know you hold like um what do you call them like birth birth circles where you uh village prenatals village prenatals yes Yes. (laughs) I know I haven't been able to make one yet but I want to come so bad and just lay hands all up on the on the belly (laughs) oh my gosh that's incredible so tell me about that yeah the village prenatals are a really beautiful sacred gathering that we do monthly at my home in Atlanta um it is um, uh, a lineage that was passed to me by Sister Morningstar, who is a, a granny midwife, um, uh, a, a Native American granny midwife. Who she she holds um, she holds wisdom from a lot of different um, First Nations tribes that she shares with um, women who are open to receiving that wisdom. And so I've had the honor of learning from Sister Morningstar a couple of times. And the village prenatal is one of her um, her practices that she holds herself that she's passed on to us to share with our communities as well. And it's a really beautiful um, space for worship of the mother. Um, so we we bring we bring um, food and um, oils and flowers and all the things, and we just spend. Um, a couple of hours every month, just praising and loving on these um, pregnant women. Um, and I like to extend the invitation to to anyone, um, whether you're you're done having babies or you have yet to start having your babies. This is a space for you too, um, because there's so much medicine in holding space for the mother um, and the mother who's walking through, you know, through her pregnancy into this beautiful transition, um, to bring this new life into the world. Um, being in service of the mother is just as potent and healing as being the mother who's being, who's being loved on. Um, and so I like to tell that, that to women too. Um, and to anyone who's navigating, you know, um, their maidenhood, like, you know, kind of where I am, which is like, I've yet to have my own babies manifest in the physical, but I, I want to feel connected to that mother energy and I want that to feel alive inside myself. Um, and so whenever I'm in that space, it's, it's such a blessing because I get to feel that and be in that energy um, as I await patiently my time, my turn. I, I, I mean, we're in such a potent time of sisterhood and coming together in this way. I 
I've mentioned it so many times on this episode, you know, on this podcast, like this is the time for us coming back together in mm-hmm. circle and ceremony, women, 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 women. Yes. I'm like obsessed with women right now. It's and how we fix, it's how we fix all of the problems. It's like we just so put a bunch true. of women in the circle and all the problems get solved. I mean, your goddess gathering was a great example of that. Like, I think it's because, and again, I'm a little bit of, um, maybe I hold a little bit of conspiracy in me that it was intentional to, to separate us, to put all the old folks in the old folks homes and put all the maidens in the, in the nightclubs and put all the housewives at home alone because we can't have them all talking to each other because they're going to figure out what's going on. Right. But that's the conspiracy that comes through in me. But I think the truth of it is that regardless of the reason why we have become very separate Um, we don't spend time with our elders. We don't spend time. The maidens don't hang out with the mothers because, and and the mothers feel ostracized and and abandoned by the maidens and the, and the mothers feel ostracized and abandoned by the elders. And so it's just this constant, um, wounding of feeling placeless and spaceless and alone. And it's this deep dis-ease and, and, um, yeah, that that's taken over our culture of this individualization and like we've lost our sense of community and connection, but the community and connection is rooted in women. In in in, in antiquity and and from the beginning of time, the women were responsible for the for the development of the bonds and the sacred bonds of the community, um, holding the circles, tending the fire, cooking the meals, um, and and rearing raising the children together. We weren't meant to do this in captivity and do this alone. We weren't meant to do this in, in our, in our like brick houses with our fences and all by ourselves. Like no wonder we have so much, um, you know, pain and struggle against our, within our new mothers, right. Postpartum depression and uh, postpartum mood disorders and women who are like, I don't know if I even want to have children. Cause that looks so sad and lonely and, what a sad world we live in that the, that the, the solution is to just not have children rather than build community. Right. And so raising children is such a beautiful thing. And, 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 and having, having children in your life is such a beautiful thing, even if you don't want to have children of your own. Um, and so, you know, it's, 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 it's saddens me and it scares me to think that, that where we could potentially be headed is just this, um, chosen childlessness and not that there's anything wrong with not having children. I don't want anyone to feel shame from that, from that. But, um, I want us to have a world where like it's feels supported and, and, and exciting to, to bring a baby into the world, not scary and isolating. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I really believe that in this new world that we are creating, that we are in the midst of restructuring, you know, as systems are falling there, everything's are, things are crumbling. And as we real rebuild that we are going to do it with integrity and, and remembrance. And, and so I just am holding complete faith and I am on that mission to be a, a big part of that. And I know you are too. And so many women that are listening right now, like this is the way, like we, we have gotten so disconnected. And so to be able to bring it back together is, is the way I, I fully support that 100%. 
I agree. And I think it's going to take all of us. We all have unique offerings and gifts and a unique role. That's another thing that I really loved about my time in Ecuador was that every woman had her special thing, right? Like there was the woman who was like so good at making the chicken broth. So, so as soon as that woman, as soon as the baby was born, she would be right there with the chicken broth ready to serve her. Um, there was the woman who was so good at making the medicine. There was the woman who was so good at tending the fire. There was this, the woman who was so good at carrying water. And like, we all had our sacred appointments, Yes, our, our, our divine sacred appointments. And there wasn't this hierarchy or this uh, competitiveness or this, like, I want what she has, or I'm not special because she's special. Like, I want to live in a world where we can all just be this the brightest possible light. And we all encourage our sisters to be that the brightest possible light too. And, and you know, culturally, it, one of the things that I noticed that the shift around is moving away from that competitive catty gossiping me like mean natured mean spirited if she has it that means there's not enough for me uh, and moving into this idea of abundance and community with sisterhood and healing that sister wound healing that mother wound that that runs so deep that was a big part of my journey um healing that wound around well I can't trust other women I don't feel safe around other women other women are gonna hurt me or take what I have or or they're going to talk bad about me behind my back or, you know, whatever it might be. And we all have those experiences from, our, from, from growing up or whatever, where we're just like, Ooh, women, women aren't safe. Women aren't, women are hurtful and spiteful and all of the things that, um, the, the, the patriarchy wants us to, to believe that we are. Um, but, but I truly believe that, if we all just sat down in circle, like we like, like the spaces that you hold, we're like, Oh wait, I actually love all of these women. And they're all so uniquely different and beautiful. And they all have so much to offer that. And we're so complimentary and we need each other because not, I can't do all the things I can't tend the fire and make the chicken and carry the water and make get harvest the plants and tend the soil. I can't do all of that. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. And capitalism may, may tell us that we have to, and that if we can't do it all, then we're, we're not good enough and we're failing. Um, and, and, and that I just want to say that that is not true. We are not meant to do all of those things. We are meant to have a sacred divine appointment and have our one thing that we are so incredibly beautifully talented at that complements this community as a whole. And when we come together, like these puzzle pieces, all of our needs are met all the time. Ooh, girl. Ooh. You were just sorry. I can just get you, going. <laughs> you, you were just channeling that wisdom. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Like the whole time I was just yes, 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 yes. Girl, every word you just spoke, 100 percent yes. That is the one thing with the with what I've been creating lately in the witnessing of the of the each other of each woman having their medicine and you know mm -hmm. witnessing you know when I heal like when I'm doing some deep work on myself and someone's holding me then I'm strong enough to be like okay now let's pour into you and then she's strong enough to pour into the next woman beside her and then well, we're all pouring into each other and lifting each other up and being and recognizing and witnessing each other in our gifts and in our divine light. 
-hmm. Yeah, it was just like at the goddess gathering when um we did the um the 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 breath work we were all holding space for each other at different moments like it was like one woman was feeding off of that woman and then she got her medicine and then she had more to give to that woman and so we're constantly we're constantly smoothing the resources and the abundance and the and the 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 heldness um because yeah, because it, it, it becomes so, it becomes so terribly, insanely, crazily powerful um, because we just keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah, hell yeah, we do. That's right. There's no lid. There's That's no right. Lid. There is no <laughs> lid. Uh-uh. No, ma'am. I, and I am freaking here for it. Like that is the thing that lights me up the most in this world right now is, is this is sisterhood and that healing and those activations and that coming together. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, it is time. Let's go. Let's rise, baby. Let's rise. And that's what this all is. That's what it all is. Like we can talk about midwifery. We can talk about, um, breath work. We can talk about, we can talk about any of the the things, the modalities, the tools and the toolkit. But at the end of the day, it's all of us just showing up together and doing the things. Yeah. It all comes back home to this, this Mm -hmm. conversation right here, us Mm -hmm. doing it to us doing it, us Mm -hmm. doing it. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. (laughs) Damn girl. That was hot. I loved it. Um, okay. I am super excited to talk to you about spirit babies spirit and babies. how you are able to connect with them. Oh my gosh. Uh, like this is so fascinating to me. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I, I have, I am able to connect with them because I practice it, but we all can. It's not a special, it's not a me thing. I just want to say that like it is it, anybody who wants to can. If you have the desire to connect with your spirit babies, you absolutely can. You don't need me. You don't need anybody to do it for you. You like you are, you have it all within you because they're your babies. But the other thing that I'll say is, um, you know, just like anything else on this, on, in this journey, it can be nice to have someone who's done it before to help you know, show you the way and hold the, hold the candle. Um, because it's, it's, um, it sounds crazy. It sounds like what even is a spirit baby that's really out there? Like woo woo crazy, but I know your people will get it. They'll be down. Um, (laughs) yeah. So yeah. So talk us through that. Like what exactly is a spirit baby, what the process is and all that Uh, stuff. Yeah, totally. So Spirit babies were actually the very, 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 very first thing that I got introduced to that was kind of the very first domino that fell on this whole journey because um, I had a near-death experience um, back in 2017 where I was faced with my own mortality. And I, after that experience, there was a lot of healing, deep, deep healing that was being asked of me in, in my body. Um, but it was the first time that I realized like how deeply I desired to become a mom, like to have children of my own. And, um, I had repressed that desire in myself for a really long time because it just didn't seem 
conducive to my lifestyle or convenient or cost effective um, to be a mom. And so I was like, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't know. But then after, you know, my near death experience, I realized how how deeply I did have that desire. And when I started to explore that desire, a lot of fears came up within me around would it ever happen to me? When will it happen for me? Um, is my body able to do that? Is cause how, how do I know if my thing, if all the things are working, like, um, what's the, like, what's the deal? What do I have to do? And so that was what got me really interested in my cycle, um, to start that whole cycle awareness journey. But also, um, I was feeling this deep, deep fear that it would never happen. Like, well, what if it never happens? What if it never happens? And kind of to the point of becoming obsessed yeah. with, um, getting pregnant and, kind of forcefully like um, uh, suffocating that desire within myself because it, I had so much fear around it. Um, and so I had heard about Spear Babies, this book by Walter McKitchen. It's a book. The title is Spear Babies. Um, and someone was like, oh, you should read Spear Babies. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds kind of weird and wacky and out there. And at this point, I was not even remotely into the woo-woo. I was like, that's weird, but I guess I'll read the book. And so I'm reading the book and I'm like, this is crazy, but okay. But the, the idea is that just like we have an afterlife, we have a before life. So we have an afterlife. And if, if you believe what I believe, then you believe that we are constantly reincarnating. Our soul is constantly reincarnating into different lifetimes and different timelines to gain different experiences and learn different lessons to fully actualize itself. Right. And so there's this time after we die that's preserved where we can access our loved ones who've passed away. But there's also a time or, or uh, an imprint that's preserved in the moments before we're born um, of the soul. Uh, the soul that's about to come through. And so that's what a spirit baby is. A spirit baby is a soul that is preparing for its next incarnation. Um, it's hanging out in the, in the ethereal, um, waiting to be called through, to be called into manifest um, in this physical plane. Um, but it's in spirit form waiting for that, for that time, that for that right time. Um, and so um this practice is a practice of connecting with the souls of our unborn children. And so we have soul ties. Um, I view them energetically. So the kind of the way that I see them is in, in your aura, there are these little green orbs and they are just hanging out around you and they, they represent the different babies that are, are available to you. If you should, should so choose to have a child, um, and people, there's so many rabbit, like there's so many avenues we could go down with like branches of how sphere babies work and how do you find them and where do they come from? And, uh, how do I know if I have one and what's the deal? But the cool thing is that in spirit baby connection and in these meditations and in these spirit baby readings, you can basically talk with this unborn child and learn about them and, get to know them and what, what their personality is and what do they need from you to feel ready to be come, to come through and um, what do they hope to get out of this lifetime and why are they choosing you? Um, because there is this, it's a sacred contract. I view it as like this triangle between mom, dad, and baby. Um, and all three parties get to, um, to, to choose. We have free will, right? Yeah. Um, 
around whether we commit to these soul contracts. Um, and so um, when we do, they come through. Um, I also have the, 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 the belief and the understanding that these spirit babies are sentient beings. Like our spirit guides are sentient. Like our loved ones who have passed away are sentient. They, they know all things. They can see across all the timelines. And so in communicating with your spirit babies, you can also get access to um, answers to other questions. So they're a really great resource. They're part of your spirit team. Um, they're up there watching. They know everything that's going on. And they've chosen you very specifically as their, as their guide through this physical life. Um, for a specific reason, for whatever lesson or experiences it is that they need to have. That is so cool. So, so cool. cool. <laughs> it, it really is so cool. Um, so often in breathwork classes, you know, because in a breathwork class, you're taken into an altered state of consciousness, like different realms of and zones and multi-dimensions. <laughs> and so often women will come back and um, express connection to either uh, most of it's been and one woman wanted to specifically ask about this was about a terminated pregnancy mm -hmm. um like first of all I'll tell you my experience when I've worked with because it's been a lot like mm -hmm. a lot of women that have terminated pregnancies that have been in a class mm -hmm. a healing class with me and they've been able to connect with that spirit okay. and it's been so forgiving yes. so loving so like oh, oh my gosh it's okay like it's oh, like wait. nothing but unconditional love but we in the human form are the ones that are holding so much shame the story and, yep yeah mm -hmm. The very first time I ever connected with a spirit baby that wasn't mine, it was, uh, so I had been connecting with my own spirit babies for a couple of months, just out of curiosity, just getting into it in the beginning. Like this was many years ago. And I was like, oh, I can connect with mine, but I never thought that I could connect with other people's. I never even made that assumption or had that thought, but I was at a yoga retreat and we were in Savasana at the end of a really intense power yoga session. And we were all laying there and all of a sudden this baby boy starts talking to me and he's in this baseball uniform and he's telling me all about, he's like, this is my dad and this is my mom. And they met in college and they weren't ready for me. And it's okay. Can you just tell my mom I'm not mad? Oh my God. And, and, and so that what I was inferring from this little boy talking to me was that he, that he had been a pregnancy that was terminated in college between this couple who weren't ready. And, um, he told me, he's like, yeah, my dad played baseball and my mom, you know, she's this and da, da, da. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know any of these women at this retreat. Okay. So I'm laying there and I'm like, uh, I hear you, but I, I'm not about to, uh, go around to all these women and say, Hey, did you, did you like <laughs> your baby wants you to know? But, but anyways, that was the very first time that I ever, um, had the experience of connecting with a spirit baby that wasn't mine with a message. And it was that exact circumstance where he was like, just tell her I am not mad. Please tell her to forgive herself, to let it go, mm -hmm. um, that that I forgive her, that there's no ill will or animosity. It didn't hurt my feelings. I'm okay. Because again, these babies, these spirit babies are sentient. They under they know why. They know why and how and when, and they know exactly what's gonna happen. And the other thing too is that when you release them, they can stay with you. So even if you've had prior um, terminations 
and and then you choose to have another baby later, it can be that same spirit baby. So they give you multiple, they're not like, all right, fine, I'm done with you, right? They're still hanging out. They're like, well, maybe next time we'll try again. It's all good. I'm here when you're ready. Like, they're just so loving and compassionate. And it's pure love energy. There's never anything like anything negative. Um, The other question I get asked a lot about is miscarriage Um, is loss. And loss is something that's really important to me. Um, having experienced it myself, um, and (laughs) Um, I like to share with women too, that like, it's nothing you did wrong. You're, you you don't like a lot of women are like, what do I need to do to fix it? And how do I, how do I, um, how do I let the baby know that I, that I want them and that they're, that they're wanted and that they, they need to come. And it's the same lesson of, it's a three-way contract, just the way that we can decide we're not ready. So can they, right? They can say, no, it's not my time. Uh, maybe I thought it was and I got excited and, but then I'm like, oh no, I'm not ready. I changed my mind. Right. And so um, it's okay to, um, for your spirit baby to change their mind. And sometimes there is a reason. Sometimes we'll do a re- reading and we'll, we'll connect with that soul, that baby who has been trying to come through and changing their mind a lot. And we'll say, Hey baby, what's going on? And in one example, I did a reading with a woman um, and her spirit baby, he was so cute. He kept blowing heat in his hands like this, like, and then putting his hands over her belly, like trying to warm her belly up with his breath. And I asked her, I said, have you had your progesterone levels checked? Because usually progesterone is correlated to heat. Um, and she said, no, I haven't. But, um, and this was after her third loss in a row. Mm -hmm. And she said, no, I haven't, I haven't, um, I haven't checked them. I said, okay, well, uh, th- you know, I don't really know what he, what this is about, but it could be maybe he's giving you information about your body, something that he needs to be able to um, come through. And she went to her doctors, she got her levels checked, she started using this progesterone cream, and she just had her baby a couple months ago. Oh, so, my gosh. <laughs> so oh. it's like there are things, right? So like yeah. we can get information from them, but I also like to tell women too that sometimes it's just because the baby is not ready, like. We, when you're sentient and you know what you're signing up for, let's say, you know, you're signing up for something really intense and like you're signing up to commit to a lifetime that might be really rough, or maybe you're just tired and you don't want to do it again. And you just need a break and you just want to hang out in the love and light. And you're like, uh, I don't want to be in a human body right now. And so you maybe are like, okay, I'm ready. And then you get in and have you ever done that where you're like, I'm ready. And then you start to do something and you realize in the moment you're like, oh wait, I wasn't ready. Right. It's that same energy of like, oh, wait, I thought I was ready, but I'm not ready. Please don't be mad. I I, I need more time. Like that can be the message sometimes. Yeah. And I guess also like with the, with the parents not being ready too. you know, like especially working with so many women and I know you and I work with some of the same mutual, beautiful, precious women, um, you know, that they're going through their own really deep healing and initiations within themselves and their partners are too. And it's like, I know it can get really frustrating when you are so in tuned, you know, and you're like, I'm doing the work, I'm showing up for myself. Why is this not happening? But yet this lady just had a baby that you know, yeah, she didn't even want the baby or she, want the baby yeah. away, or, she got or, pregnant on accident and she wasn't even trying. And that's yeah. not fair. Yeah, of course. I feel that so deeply myself. Like 
like I said, a lot of this is, was rooted in my own deep desperation to become a mom and um, the, the fear of it never happening for me. And it still hasn't happened for me. And I, I would be lying to say that that fear is gone. Of course, it's there. But I'm finding ways to move through it and, and hold space for that fear. Um, I mean, a great example of that is, um, yeah, we have our own work to do. Um, and my when I had my miscarriage last January, so not this past one, but the one before 2022, um, my partner at the time, he, he wasn't, he, when we found out we were pregnant, he, he wasn't handling it well. He was like, I don't, I'm not ready for this. I can't do this again. I don't, I don't want this. This is too much. I can't handle it. And I was just like, dude, you got to get away from me with that energy. Cause I know about this energy shit. And like, that energy is not supportive. Like, <laughs> um, and so like, we didn't talk for like a week after we found out. Um, and then by the time he came back around, I'd already, the loss had already kind of started. And, and he, and at that point he came back and he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I do want this. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I just, it was too much at the time. And, um, but, but what's so beautiful about that. And I, and I've have had the, the beautiful opportunity to reconnect with that baby in spirit. And the message that that baby gave was, Oh no, that was my whole purpose was to, to show him where he still needed to do work. Mm. Like the whole reason wow. that I came through was so that he could see where he was still not ready so that he can be ready for the next baby that comes through. Yeah. And so, you know, it's things like that, that we wow. have to hold on to, you know, and like, yeah. It, and to see those experiences for what they are, right? Like I, it's, it's so beautiful to me. Like, wow, that baby, that baby came and went all in, in the interest of the greatest good, right. Yeah. Of, of, of deep healing for, for, for my partner, deep healing for me, showing me all the ways I was not in alignment in my relationship, right. all the ways I was out of alignment within myself. Um, the things that I was accepting that, that, um, that I shouldn't have been that the, 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 the places where I was like abandoning self, being self-abandoning and letting myself down the boundaries that I needed to be able to set. Um, it made me so much stronger going through that experience and then being able to connect with that baby. And then what's really cool is, um, now that that baby has kind of moved on, there's a new baby that's been coming through and she's so loud and she's so sweet. And I can't, I'm like, Oh my God, I love her so much already. Um, and one of the things that the baby before said is I had to, this had to happen so that my sister could be born. Oh, so it's wow. like, Oh wow. How oh, cool. <laughs> so amazing. And that time also gave you the opportunity to go study in the jungle, yep. you know, like, yep. If you yeah. had had a baby, that wouldn't have happened. And we no, wouldn't be exactly. having this conversation right now. Exactly. Yeah. It's, all, it's all in divine. And we're, and we don't have the honor or privilege of knowing the why all the time. Yeah. But I truly believe that all will be, all will be revealed. Um, yeah. If we just stay on path. Yeah. Um, I do have a question. I've always wondered this. Um, so, you know, when this is about astrology and babies. So with today's technology of like in the forcing of C-sections and all that stuff, like, uh, I, I want my baby to be an on this day. Yeah. <laughs> so like, how does that impact, you know, mm -hmm. I think about it because with my, with my Sophie, my second one, um, 
I was induced because it was aligned with everyone else's schedule for, for me to have a baby yep. on these days. So I was induced kicking and screaming, just, you know, so frustrated because I was working with everyone else's timeline instead of mine and my babies. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so, but she is, my girls are April 20th and April 16th. And my younger one is on the 16th, but she is like a, um, Aries, whereas my first one is a Taurus. My firstborn is a Taurus. She's on the 20th. And I mean, their personalities align so exactly to who they are. So I'm curious, like, because I made her basically, I forced her to be born on that date because she's right on the cusp, right? But she's like all Aries energy. So how, (laughs) how do you think that works when, when babies are born into their a sign when it wasn't necessarily their time that they were saying, I want to be born in this time. This is when I'm choosing to come out because this is when my soul. So remember these babies are choosing to be born like in this time of modern medicine with all the interventions, with all the things like they knew already that that's how they were going to be born. When they chose you to be their mom, they knew you'd make that decision. They knew that it would go that way. And it's all going according to plan. That's my belief, right? So she, so it makes sense, right? That she would, she would resonate or, or feel or be reflected in her, in her, in her chart, uh, because that's who she chose to be, right? She chose to be your baby who was induced, who was then like, uh, I knew that I would do what I did and do what you did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because if she needed to be born at a different time, but like with a mom who made different choices, then she would have chose, chose someone different or chose a different way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I do believe that fully. I totally believe that like they they know all the things we're gonna do. Like they're they're up there like, come on, we already know what you're gonna do. Can you just like get it together? <laughs> um we're so predictable. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but they um yeah, but that's truly what I believe. Another thing that I do believe though, um, that can be fun is to look at the difference. So what would the difference in her chart be? It can be fun sometimes if you want to, to look at what her chart would be if she had been born on her due date at like 1am or midnight or whatever. Um, And then kind of compare and see like how that would have maybe possibly affected her, but all in the sake of just like fun and curiosity. Cause at this point it doesn't really matter. She is who she is. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It, that that just always fascinates me because I'm like, oh, I feel like we're forcing our our bait. Like, what if that's not supposed to be their their birth date and their sign, and we're just screwing it all up? But I'll, of course, I let's take a positive spin on that and be like, dude, they already knew. They already They're, knew you were gonna be yeah, yeah. <laughs> forced that you would accommodate yeah. everyone else's schedule because that's who I was at that point in my life. So and they needed you to learn that lesson. Where to get yeah. to where you are now so that you could mother them the way that you're mothering them now. Does that make sense? Yeah, perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, Samantha, I wish you weren't in a screen and I could just like, I um, like love all over you. <laughs> um, thank you so much. What a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous conversation. Just so filled with wisdom and knowledge and, and, just so much goodness. Thank you for all that you are doing to educate women and, and help them remember 
all of who they are and just all the information, you know, the way that you are providing, I mean, you're providing in big ways. You're providing a ways of, of, first of all, being helping women connect to their spirit babies so that they can gain some, um, some relief, um, around whatever they're struggling with, you know, timelines that they're struggling with and that you can help provide so much. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like, I don't know, peace. Yes. Peace sounds good. Thank you. Peace is the perfect word. And, um, and then like once they have that baby you help deliver it in the most magical, natural, loving way. So what a beautiful thing that you have going on here. And I'm just so grateful to be on this journey with you and that our lives are connected and just is absolutely beautiful. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your light. Thank you for you. Keep doing what you're doing. Do not ever slow down. <laughs> thank you, Vaughn. It's, it's, it's really beautiful to hear that reflection because as you know, on this path, it can be, it can be scary and hard and you can sometimes feel like, what am I doing? Um, so to have other women to hold that mirror up and say, no, look, we're doing this. We're doing this together. We're not alone. Hand in hand. We're going to keep marching. Um, it makes it, it makes it feel, it makes it feel uh, sustainable and possible to have other women like you in my, in my circle. Yeah. Truth first and foremost. Right. And, and when you are speaking truth and that's what you're doing, you are speaking ancient wisdom and truth. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of people that are like, what, what is she, you know, because you're going against the grain, but that's what we're here to do. So bless you child. I love you so much. I love you so much. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Well, thank you everyone for listening and, um, please go follow Samantha on Instagram and, if you live in or around the Atlanta area, I am so excited to make one of your village prenatal experiences. And so if you're in the area, please come join us. Um, you have a newsletter and, and then you do like one offering, you know, like I had uh, one of my clients recently, her baby was breech. Right. And I was like, call my girl, Samantha. And then of yeah. course you were like, I've got this ancient massage that I was taught that I could help flip the baby around. So yeah. I mean, like you are a really great resource. So if anybody needs a baby whisperer and, and magic midwife woman, or just anything. And, and I was thinking like every woman needs to hear this conversation. So no matter where you are, even if you've already had all your babies, like share this conversation with your daughter, share this conversation with your sister, share this conversation with any woman, because it is infused with lots of knowledge and truth and rememberings of our ancient ways of being. So share, share, share. And I just love you all. Thank you, Samantha. Thank you everyone for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you. I am so grateful you played in the cosmos with me today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you left a review so other open-minded souls can come along this quantum healing journey too. I am most active over on Instagram, so come find me at Vampiro and say hello. Talk to you soon.